Hello and welcome into the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. Flying solo today as we get you ready for one of the busier weekends of the football season. Friday night is going to be the annual late night in the fog where KU basketball will really tip off the 2023-2024 season and then heading into Saturday where it's a home KU football game. KU hosts UCF. We're going to talk about late night, some things to watch out for then, some big visitors on campus for late night. We'll talk about some of the visitors on campus for the football game. And of course, we'll also discuss the KU football versus UCF matchup. Hopefully we'll get in and out here in about 15 minutes. We won't keep you long uh, on this Friday morning, but I think we got to start with late night in the fog. We can work our way chronologically throughout this really busy weekend, but late night is here. KU basketball season is just around the corner. We're probably about five or six weeks from the start of the season and champions classic in particular, which comes in the middle of November. Now for me, late night in the fog, it's kind of hard to read too much into what you see in the scrimmages, right? It's going to be a little bit of uh, ugly basketball, right? How many times have we watched the broadcast and you hear Bill Self come on and talk about, oh, we're not playing the right way. We've not worked on the defense, but I think you can still get an eye test for some of these players. And you're, I'm not going to read too much into the stats, right? I think about Charlie Moore going off in, in late night and in the scrimmages that summer. And it didn't really mean much when the season came around. And I think you can still get a good look for what a, some of these guys look like and what some of this chemistry is like. And for me, that is really interesting to see because this is a team that got to practice double digit times before they went to Puerto Rico. They played three full games in Puerto Rico. They played some really good competition there as well. So theoretically, this team should be a little bit further ahead in terms of some of those pre-existing relationships. The one new face is probably the guy I'm most interested in, and that's Johnny Furphy, the Australian native, the freshman who came in, arrived in, on campus for the first week of school back in August, and he's acclimating to life at KU. And earlier this week, we talked to Bill Self, Kevin McCullough, and KJ Adams. And when they were asked about Furphy, they talked a lot about his basketball IQ, how he's fit in off the floor, his ability to slash and cut. And I think those are all the things that are going to allow him to have a bigger role as a freshman. And he's got plenty of talent, right? You don't have that type of rise right over the summer where it looked like he was going to be a class of 2024 prospect. And then he moves up to the 2023 class, right? He's a guy that I think is going to have a lot of potential and a lot of talent. And for me, he's the person I'm most interested to see this weekend because it's the first time we'll see him on the floor, right? We've seen all these other guys in Puerto Rico. We've seen Hunter Dickinson. We've seen what KJ Adams looks like at the four. And for me, Johnny Furphy. That's the guy I'm most interested in looking at and watching him play, right? How comfortable does he look? Bill Self mentioned the physical side of the game. How does he look there, right? He does look in some of the pictures you see just a little bit slender. And you know that over the course of the next 12 months to 15 months, right, he's going to grow a lot more under Ramsey Nijum, and he's going to get a lot stronger. And I think that progression could look something like maybe we saw with uh, Svi Mikhailuk or Christian Brown, where they come in a little bit slender. And then by the time they leave, they're much more physically developed. Now, there's also recruiting implications of late night in the fog. And even if right late night isn't going to be the biggest thing for you know basketball on the court, right? It's not a full game. It's a short scrimmage. It's not going to mean a whole lot. 
What does mean a whole lot is the recruiting visitors that will be there this weekend. And you got to start off with Rakees Passmore, a guy coming in for an official visit this weekend. It's a player that K was really ramped up their efforts with over the last kind of six weeks to a month. They've been recruiting him for a long time, going back to even the spring. But over the last kind of six weeks to a month, right? They've really ratcheted up their efforts. Norm Roberts went out to go see him in person. Bill Self and Jeremy Case went out to see him the following week. And then I believe Curtis Townsend went out this past week and KU did an in-home visit with him um, last week. By all accounts, that did go really well. And that's how this visit is happening. He was supposed to visit Arkansas this weekend, and he's already been to LSU, Mississippi State, and Oklahoma. And he was supposed to go see Arkansas this weekend, but he cancels that visit. He decides he wants to visit KU this weekend. And he's a guy that I think KU really, really likes, you know, at six foot five, 180 pounds, really, really athletic. I don't know if Ochai Baji is like the perfect comp for him, right? I think just in terms of the 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 frame that he's gonna enter college with, the athleticism that he's going to enter college with. I think those are some of the things that maybe I would compare to Ochai and and the shooting with Ochai too. You got to remember, right? That was a progression over the course of a few years. And by all accounts, Passmore has really impressed in terms of his ability to improve his three-point shot, especially in catch and shoot opportunities. So it's a guy that KU really does want to get things over the line with. He set a commitment date for next Wednesday. He'll decide then and he's going to announce it on the 24 7 sports youtube channel um, so make sure you're heading over to the website and you can find the links to that as that date approaches now he's not the only guy that's going to be on campus uh, KU's also going to have two of their commits in lawrence flory bedunga is going to be back for an official visit he's able to take another official visit because he took his official in the summertime back in may and so that technically counts as a junior year official visit Now that we're into a senior year of high school, that can count as a senior year official visit. So he's going to be back on campus. And then they're going to have LeBaron Phylon is going to be back as well. He was already took his official visit um, back in September. He committed after it. He's going to come back on an unofficial visit. So right now, those are kind of the three big visitors, right? As KU tries to build out this class of 2024 um, recruiting hall, if you want to call it that, as National Signing Day approaches. It's going to be really interesting to see, I think, what these numbers look like as the months go on, right? November, there's going to be a signing period. If I had to guess, it'll probably be a three-man class with uh, Badunga, Phelan, and maybe Passmore. If KU can get things over the line, right, that's what they'd like to have happen. It's recruiting, though, right? And we've seen this happen with KU prospects that they've recruited. I can think of someone like Jaleel Bathea, someone even going back to this last cycle, Mackenzie Mbako. Guys that KU felt really good about, but in the end, a late push from another school sees them go there. So KU is going to have to finish strong here. They're going to have to have a good visit with him this weekend, but the signs are positive there. So let's move on to football this weekend. And I think this is a a huge game for KU. And I think we got to start with the biggest piece of news, which is that Jason Bean will be the starter for Kansas. Jalen Daniels did not do enough in practice this week to be able to start this game. So it's Jason Bean's show. And on the other side, you've seen John Rice Plumley, the UCF quarterback who missed the last couple weeks because of a knee injury. Well, he's back and he's going to start. So UCF's going to have their starting quarterback 
back for them this week. And KU's going to be rolling with Jason Bean. Now, I brought up for those watching on YouTube a tweet from Derek Johnson, who has a great radio show in Lawrence, um, Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Make sure you are checking that show out. Um, and it's a really good comparison between John Rice Plumley and Jason Bean, because at least from what I've seen on the message board, right on fog.net, on social media, it seems like there's a little bit of the sky is falling with UCF getting their starting quarterback back. But if you look at the numbers, it, it shows that they're probably not too far apart. So let's start from the top here, right? Plumley completes 40 or 64% of his passes, 64%. Jason Bean completes 63.7% of his passes. And this is all data going back to the start of the 2022 season, which is 15 of Plumley's starts and then about six and a half of Bean starts. So that's including um, the TCU game last season. And you look at the yards per attempt, which I think is a really important metric. Plumlee's at 7.8 yards per attempt. Jason Bean is at 9.1 yards per attempt. So Bean is a much more of an explosive passer. Um, total touchdowns, of course, right? You're going to see Plumlee have more, but the touchdown to interception ratio is a little bit different, where he has 17 passing touchdowns to 12 interceptions, where Jason Bean has 17 passing touchdowns to just four. So again, looking at these two guys as passers, you see the efficiency numbers and Jason Bean is a better passer than John Rice Plumley. Now, the running element is something that Plumley really offers to this UCF offense. And what you're going to see from UCF this weekend is a team that's really going to try and go fast. They like to play up tempo. Brian Borland this week compared it to Oklahoma in the way that they really rush up to the line of scrimmage and they try and use kind of deception to fool defenses, get them off balance, and all of a sudden you're looking at a running back breaking free. So that's what UCF wants to do. They're going to use John Rice Plumley. He's going to be a dual threat quarterback. We'll see how much they use him with him coming back from a leg injury, right? This was a guy that missed time because of a knee injury. So how much are they going to use him? But when they have used him, he averages about 68 rushing yards per game. And Jason Bean, obviously, 42 rushing yards per start. You know, he's not a guy that's going to run the ball as much as maybe a Jalen Daniels, but he still does have the ability to stretch plays with his legs. So you're looking at these two quarterbacks, and there's not a huge difference between them in terms of the numbers. And you also got to remember that Plumlee last season was playing in a G5 conference, and the opponents that he was playing we're not as good as playing Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, right? Like Jason Bean did. So I think overall you look at the numbers and um, I think this is a, a wash at the quarterback position. So for me, though, I look at this game and I think it's going to come down to the trenches. UCF has faded in their last two games. They were not very good against K-State in the fourth quarter and they were not good at all against Baylor. They blew, uh, I believe, a, a four possession lead. They gave up 26 points in the second half. And so this is a team that has not finished games well. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see KU really emphasize the run game in this contest, right? You look at what UCF has in their front seven, their linebackers aren't very big. They're guys that are kind of in the, the 6'2 to 6'3, kind of 200 to 20 to 230 pound range. And they've got a multiple guys playing in their secondary who are under 210 pounds. So this is a, a team that is not super physically imposing in the secondary. And I look at the fronts, the front line for them, and they've got some really talented players. But if you listen to Gus Malzahn talk this past week, he talked about how they've got more injuries coming from that Baylor game and how some guys along the defensive front are a little bit banged up. 
You know Andy Kotonecki. He's going to take what the opposition gives him, and he's going to try and attack what the opposition doesn't do well. And I look at this UCF team. They've got two really, really good cornerbacks. I don't think we're going to see KU trying to challenge those guys one-on-one. What they'll try and do probably is establish the run, get the run game going, and then open up the passing game and really try and use the play-action game to make reads pretty easy for Jason Bean, while also then being able to hit maybe a couple big plays if UCF decides to load the box. Now on the other side, KU's defense, they got to be ready for that up-tempo style that UCF has. I think if KU can get uh, some positive plays where they are able to force knock back along the line of scrimmage, maybe get a stop where it's a one or zero yard run, or maybe even a negative run. I think that's going to be huge to get UCF behind the chains. And then if they go up tempo and they go three and out, I mean, we saw last week with KU's offense, right? When you're going off the field really quickly and all of a sudden that defense is trotting back out there in the second half, it can be kind of tough. So for me, I look at this game, KU's got to play complimentary football. That's a big talking point this week. It's something they're really, really going to have to do to be able to win this game. And I think the betting spread for this game is really fascinating, where if you look at when the the week started, the spread was three and a half for Kansas being favored. And then on Thursday afternoon, things started to really shift, where all of a sudden it was KU is a one and a half point underdog, which I don't necessarily understand. I think KU is a better team, even with, Jason being a quarterback. I don't, I think it's a lot of public opinion here that's probably um, changing the way that this spread is being handled. So I thought that was really interesting. But of course, with the Kansas football home game, that means there's going to be some recruiting there too. And KU's going to get some more recruits back on campus. Right now, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of preferred walk on players, guys that KU's really going to try and hit hard on the local front and try and get them as preferred walk-ons. You've seen a much bigger emphasis for KU in that regard. And for me, I look at what KU's remaining home schedule looks like, and they've got a home game against Oklahoma, a home game against Texas Tech, and a home game against K-State. I think those three games are going to draw pretty big recruiting crowds in terms of just your offer prospects. But the one guy who I think KU fans will need to know this weekend is Andrew Babalola. He's a, a four-star offensive tackle from Blue Valley Northwest. He was on campus for the BYU game. We have a story up on fog.net. Obviously, we got his reaction to that game, his thoughts on KU, and he's coming back for another visit this weekend where he'll get the CKU play in person, spend some more time around the coaches, And this is a guy that's got offers from a lot of different places. He's got an offer from Florida, from Michigan. Tons of schools in this region have offered him as well. And KU's putting in a lot of work with them early on and still a long way to go in this one. But I think KU's kind of in that early group that he's really taking a hard look at. And the KU coaches are really building a relationship with him. And Lance Leipold is talking to him. Scott Fuchs, Andy Kotelnecki, like multiple coaches are talking to Andrew Babalola consistently. So he's going to be a big headliner for this weekend. We'll have a a big visit preview up on the website on Friday morning. So make sure you check that out, especially if you are a VIP subscriber, you'll have access to that. You'll also have access to my pregame thoughts, which are coming out every single Friday morning. Uh, My three things I'm looking for. I may have sprinkled a little bit into this podcast, but there'll be a lot more in-depth, some better numbers to look at, but That should do it for our weekend preview. Hopefully you get a better idea of what's happening all around both basketball and football programs. Some things I'm looking for. Make sure you're checking out fog.net. 
all sorts of coverage from late night in the fog. We'll have videos up on this channel on YouTube post game podcast wise. We'll be back on Sunday with another episode of our Sunday reaction podcast with Kevin Flaherty. So thank you as always for listening to the fog Net podcast. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, please leave us a rating and review. Those really do go a long way in, in boosting the algorithm. So more folks can find out all the stuff we're doing on the podcast and if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed to the channel, liking the videos, dropping some comments down below. All those things really do help as well. So as always, thanks for listening. For the podcast people, we'll talk to you on Sunday. For the YouTube audience, we'll talk to you post game on Saturday.